the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. I got Ken with me today, I think. Morning, Doc. How you doing today? Oh, you are there. That's good. <laughs> Working on those buttons, are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything's in the proper position, Doc. So Ken was down at the office this past weekend. Yeah, I was, yeah. We did a little uh, exam on him and fussed at him and tried to get him to quit smoking and take his medications. You know, Ken, getting people to to, uh, to follow the directions is probably the hardest thing, and I'm guilty of it, too. I mean, it's just human nature. We forget. We we feel better. We're, we're not worried about things, and so we... We let our doctor's advice go, and compliance is a big issue. It really is. Well, I made the mistake of throwing out an empty bottle that I thought I had refilled, and it turned out to be my uh, cholesterol medicine that I have not been taking for like six months or whatever. I think everybody makes those mistakes from time to time when when they're dealing with their medications and and their health care. And it's not easy, but uh, we're all guilty of it. I don't think it's a sin. That's I'm not, I don't mean to say it's something wrong. It's just human nature, if you know what I mean. Well, the, the, you uh, you took care of me though. You took a, you took good uh, care of me there. You got everything I need now. I think so. Good. Well, we'll see. I mean, if you stress drop... test is next, he says. He says I'm going through a stress test next. Yeah, and I told him uh, don't die on the show. He said, "Why not? It'll it'll boost your ratings." <laughs> <laughs> Great publicity. That's right. That's I mean, you know, radio show co-host dies from MI in middle of show. <laughs> in middle of discussing medical problems. Yeah, yeah, discussing medical problems. What's the, there's some irony there, I think. Yeah. Boy, did I have a busy night, Ken. At two a.m., I get a call from the floor. Uh, one of my patients who's been there for several days. He's got bronchitis and asthma and diabetes and high blood pressure, a bunch of other things. His blood sugar has been through the roof. And uh, three or four days ago, I increased his insulin dosage. And I got a call from the nurse yesterday uh, during the day. And she said, well, his sugar's still in the three to 400 range. Do you want to increase from the medium to the high dose? I did that three days ago. So I took a picture of the order and sent it to her. And so then they finally increased it to high dose. And I added more insulin in the acute crisis. You know, I'm trying to cover him with insulin. And so then last night I get a text from the pharmacist. Hey, everybody wants to practice medicine now. (laughs) And uh, the pharmacist said, well, the patient's sugar is still up. Do you want to restart the home, um, the home metformin, which is an oral medication? He's already on a couple of other things. I said, look, uh, if that's what you want, Okay, we'll do it. So I said, go ahead and start it. So at 2 this morning, I get a call, and guess what? His what? blood sugar is so low that he's almost dead. <laughs> like, can't people just let me figure this out without interfering? And, and Too many cooks in the kitchen there, Di. That, you know what? It's medicine by committee. And guess whose license they're all practicing under? On yours. 
That's right. So if, if there's a lawsuit, they're not involved. <laughs> it's like it's like the chicken and the pig. The the chicken's involved, but the pig's fully committed at breakfast. <laughs> anyway, that's a good point. I never looked at breakfast that way. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, and and then at four o'clock, I came in last night. We came in from having a pizza, and uh, I went over and sat down on my little couch area. And the wife went to use the restroom downstairs here, which is because I sleep on the couch down here. That's where she goes when she's downstairs. And of course, that's where I go. And the floor is wet. She comes out and she said, you peed on the floor again. I said, no, I didn't. I haven't even used the bathroom down here uh, uh, this evening. And so at any rate, so at two in the morning, I get up and the floor is all wet. Guess what? You know, the bolts that hold the uh, the tank onto the toilet. Yeah. One of them had come loose and it was dripping. And so, so at four in the morning, I'm out there with, I'm in the, in the bathroom with my pliers and my screwdriver. <laughs> and to put the toilet back together. Put the toilet back together. What a night. And so I, I confronted her this morning and I said, I am not a drip. <laughs> she said, yes, you are. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving, Doc? Good- it was it was really nice. We went over. We were invited over to the club with some friends and uh, our former next door neighbors when we lived inside the club. Now we're outside in a smaller unit. And uh, as you know, the townhouse association. I'm the president of that. Anyway, it was really pleasant. We were there from three thirty to I'd say five, and uh, a nice layout, a nice spread. Everybody had a good time. Uh, as you know, I'm I'm a vegetarian, so I didn't eat any meat, but uh, the yams were really good. Well, that's good, yeah. And they they really, I mean, they squealed when I bit into them, so <laughs> I knew they were fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Twitter, Musk breaks his silence on Trump's Twitter account, and he said it was a grave mistake to take his account down. And he said he didn't do anything illegal. And he didn't even uh, cross any of the guidelines of the of the Twitter account. But, you know, the left wing went crazy. And he said, doesn't hurt his feelings that, that uh, Trump doesn't want to be back on on Twitter right now. But, you know, you know, Trump, he got 90, 100 million followers on Twitter. What do you think he's going to do when he starts really running? Well, he's back. got his own social network now, so he doesn't need Twitter. Well, yeah, but, you know, a lot of people are, it takes a while to build up your following on, on a social network. Plus, remember, a lot of people that don't like him are the ones who are going to follow him on Twitter so they can say, do you know what he said today? But they're not going to go to his website. They're, they don't want to give him any, uh, uh, in their minds, they don't want to give him any any boost for his uh, private uh, whatever. Certainly, so, he'll, he'll be making more money. He'll have more viewers. So he, they won't want to do that. You're right. So he'll be back. But, uh, you know, Musk is pretty insightful. You know what else he said? He said, look, by kicking a sitting president off of the uh, the uh, platform, you've alienated half the nation. Correct. Which, yeah. which is true. I mean, you know, it just doesn't make any sense why they would do that other than they're just so uh, I guess they're scared. They're afraid of the man. Well, I don't understand why any corporations think the political side on anything. It's a losing proposition. No matter which side you're on, you're going to upset half the people. Yeah, and and the other aspect of it is that uh, if you have a social media 
I mean, it's a private company, so they can do what they want, Ken. They don't they don't have to listen to what we say or do. But if you do have that and you want to increase your your readership, uh, you should be as inclusive as possible because then you can get more advertising. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people are backing off of advertising right now on Twitter, but I'll tell you what, in a year, they'll all be clamoring to get back on it. Well, I he's talking about bankruptcy now, so I hope so. <laughs> Is he? He's been, he's been dropping that word a couple times, yeah. Well, I think that part of the problem is is that uh, they had some bogus accounts that they had ponied up, phonied up there to try and increase the value of the, of the uh, stock and of the company. And there may be some lawsuits coming out of that at some point, but who knows? But, but you know, he, he's such a uh, he's such a past master at, at getting uh, getting some free advertising. I mean, my goodness, how much free advertising has Musk gotten for Twitter in the past? <laughs> Millions of millions of dollars, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, I'm going to open a Twitter account just just because. <laughs> I mean, I'm amazed at, at what he's actually done. How does this guy do all this? I don't. I don't know. How did he start? What was the first thing he put together? Was that PayPal? I think it was PayPal, I and he was so. a teenager when he did it. He and another guy. He was like 19 when he first started working on that. 19 years old, and now that's a huge, huge. Uh, organism and, and entity and he doesn't own it he sold it and made tens of millions of dollars and that's how he started working his way up smart boy yeah oh absolutely yeah smart boy his mother loves him too i love i love his rocket launches you can see him from my house i know they are too cool yeah and you know he offered to help putin put uh, killer satellites into space to shoot down his his Starlinks over, <laughs> over the Ukraine, and I thought that was nice of him. He said, Putin said, "We're going to put up killer satellites and shoot down your Starlinks." He said, "Let me know if you need any help." <laughs> he can put up those Starlinks much faster than they can put up killer satellites. Oh yeah, I mean they don't have the ability to to put up stuff like he does and like we do, but they're speaking, trying. Speaking of which. You want to talk about Ukraine today at all? Anything new going on out there? You know who's getting rich? The Poles. They're, well, I don't know if they're getting paid yet because I'm sure the Ukrainians are short on cash, but um, the Poles are making weapons for them and selling them. So they're they're really, uh, they're, it's a boon for the Poles. You know, Poland and, and the Ukraine are, are right next to each other. They share a border. The Ukraine is between Poland and the old Soviet Union which uh, Poland was part of it at that time. So Poland is in Northern Europe. And uh, the way it goes is it's Germany, Poland, Ukraine, a couple of the other little states like Belarus, and then you're in, in Russia. And so uh, the Poles are doing well, baby. They're doing well. And I see that uh, the Russians are bombing the cities that they uh, that the, the, the Ukrainians have taken back. So I guess they're getting even now. Why don't we just march in there and kick their ass out? I mean, this is stupid. Man, I'd love to. Yeah. This is just stupid. I mean, all we're doing is is uh, letting them prepare for a world war, and we're going to be pulled into it. Well, they are depleting their stocks of uh, everything. We uh, hope. Yeah. We, we hope. That's we true. hope. That's true. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Great Britain and Canada pledged, you know, couple hundred thousand dollars in support to the Ukrainians. So, <laughs> is that a lend lease kind of thing, or is it, are these just gifts? All you this material. Me. 
who knows? I mean, nothing's free in this world. And uh, the leading third world country now is England. Their economy, the Great Britain's economy is now smaller than their former jewel uh, colony, which is uh, India. India's economy is now bigger than Great Britain's. It took India a little while. I mean, they're only about, what, 100 times the size of, of Great Britain. Their population of uh, 1.3 billion. And uh, what do the British have? A couple hundred million? At most, yeah. So it, it's fascinating. But now the the England is fast morphing into the leading third world country. God bless them. <laughs> but uh, we're we're right there beside them if we keep on this track of uh, craziness and this left wing lunacy. I heard some uh, representative or congresswoman, black representative or congresswoman, she said that democracy was a white thing. And uh, this anti-obesity thing was a white thing. Is democracy a what? white thing? What? I, I, can't, I can't remember her name, but I can see her face. Democracy uh, is a white thing. Yeah. I mean, is this, you know, white supremacy that we believe in democracy? I, I, that's, a, that's one of the strangest statements I think I've ever heard. Yeah, but this is the left. This is what they believe. They think that, you well, know. Then, that, then, what's, then what's the alternative? Well, obviously, they have a black dictator. I guess. And uh, and hopefully uh, he won't rob too much of everything. Although we could just import uh, Maduro from Venezuela. He seems to know how to do it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we're turning on the Venezuelan oil again. Yes, we are. And it's uh, very dirty. It's uh, high in sulfur. And so it's very polluting and... Uh, it's not the light, sweet uh, Texas crude that we could pump out without any problem. And also, uh, the Biden administration has slowed down the flow of natural gas, Ken, and natural gas that we were drilling for and pulling out of the ground in, in Pennsylvania and Texas. It was a much cleaner source of energy, if you believe in, in that sort of thing. I mean, I, th I think the main thing is the carbon dioxide in the water that are causing the greenhouse effect, if that is the primary cause of, of the planet warming up. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, natural gas, is, it's much cleaner. It burns much cleaner. It's a, it's a low molecular weight hydrocarbon, and it doesn't have any any sulfur or other impurities in it to speak of. So you can, you can liquefy, liquefy that, can't you? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And then Should we be sending it. this to Europe right now? Aren't they going to be in dire need of natural gas in about a month or so? They they probably are now in northern Europe. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, now they're talking about getting the coal mines open back up. But the bankers are like, meh, we're not sure we want to finance any new coal projects right now because we'd come under scrutiny for uh, polluting the planet and not being green enough. So. It's a real dilemma, but uh, England, you know, they were a big coal mining nation for decades, or for centuries, actually. Yeah, right. And one of the big problems in the 17th and 18th century was the the pollution from people burning coal in big cities. And people think the Romantic movement had to do with love and, and, and that sort of thing. But the Romantic movement in the early 19th century, 18, yeah, 19th century, 1810 to 1820, was actually a movement uh, sort of like our present-day uh, echo movement, green movement, to decrease pollution and move out of the cities and go to the country where there was less pollution. 
So people don't know that, but that's actually what the Romantic movement was all about. And if you read the Romantic poetry, it's all about nature and getting back to nature and getting away from the, the evils of the big city. And it sounds familiar, doesn't it? I was just saying, yeah, there's nothing, nothing changes, does it? <laughs> no, nothing much changes. And, uh, everybody wants to leave New York now, everybody who can and, and come down to cleaner, sunnier Florida. Cause I guess we don't have as many people or not the density. And I don't think we need to burn as much coal in our furnaces because it's pretty warm most of the year. Exactly, yeah. We're in pretty good shape. Well, come on down. We'd love to have you. Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, north of us, Justin Trudeau, he got called before some uh, parliamentary committee up there in in the frozen tundra. Oh, by the way, the Canadians are back. I love them. They're they're just so appreciative of what we do for them. And by the way, if you are Canadian and you want to come into the office, we're at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. See if you can get, if you have travel insurance, see if you can get an authorization number before you come in. That saves a little time. And if you wanted self-pay, we've got pretty pretty competitive self-pay rates, and we can help you get CTs and MRIs for, you know, three, 400 bucks and we can we can do so much for you guys. And I, Ken, you cannot believe the people who come in and say, can I get this? It'll take me six months or a year to get it up in Canada. Can I get that? Can I get this study? Can I get that? Yeah, come on in. We'd love to have you, and we'd love to help you. And they're so appreciative. Nice people. That's the difference in our systems. Yeah. Meanwhile, so Trudeau got called before this parliamentary committee on his uh, shutdown of the Freedom Convoy. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. That's when all the truckers from the United States and Canada went up to Ottawa and they blocked they blocked all the streets. Ottawa is the capital of Canada, for those of you who forgot. And that was a COVID statement they were trying to make. Yeah, because the, the, uh, the government was trying to shut the, the truckers down, you know, make them wear a mask and restrict them from certain movements and blah, 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 blah. Well, how the hell are you going to move things around? I mean, you got you got railroad and you got trucks on land. And at sea, you got ships, cargo containers and oilers and tankers. And uh, so... But you can only get it so close with the railroad, Doc. You still got to put it on a truck. Listen, if they shut the railroads down, you know what? (laughs) I mean, we're going to be in a recession in, in, in two seconds. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we're in a mini recession right now, but uh, that'll push us over the edge. A railroad strike would be terrible. Oh, It'd be disastrous yeah. because at any time, but especially this time of the year, Christmas time. If you look at a at a at a, a train, not a passenger train, but a cargo train, you know, a, a freighter. Uh, if you look at those things, they got a lot of round cars on them. You know what's in those little those right. little round? There's oil in them cars <laughs> and chemicals, and uh, uh, there's uh, food stuff. There's milk. There's cooking oil. There's all kinds of stuff in there, and. Uh, you shut that down, you're going to shut down the economy because everything, I mean, everything has some type of chemical in it to manufacture it, even though people think it doesn't and everything's organic and all that. And they're, they go to the store and buy that. Believe me, chemicals are involved. Not only natural chemicals, can, but man-made chemicals, complex hydrocarbons that we made. Um, well, I mean, they're still natural. We're not outside of nature, but... People like to think that if we create it, uh, and rather than God or Mother Nature, that it's unnatural. 
But Ken, how can you escape nature? I mean, we're part of nature. Everything here is natural. Everything is natural. Even the things we create are natural. It's yeah. like one we may take we may take it and turn it into something else, but you're right. The basis of it is natural. And the other aspect of it is that if you think about the universe as being infinite, and people say, well, how can it be infinite? I say, well, you go to this the edge of the universe and you step outside. Guess what? You took the universe with you because you're part of it. <laughs> But, you know, you can't, you can't escape the universe. No, no, you can't escape that. And you can't escape mother nature. Uh, so at any rate, Trudeau is saying, well, I use the emergency powers because it was the right thing to do to protect the country from COVID. Guess who called them and said, Hey, can you do something to shut this down? The Biden administration. Oh, really? I hadn't heard that. Yes. They oh. called and, 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 and leaned on Trudeau to do something about that and clean it up. And so the uh, the Canadian leader, Justin Trudeau, he's their prime minister, who, by the way, was, I think he taught junior high school art before he became prime minister. I don't know. You know, but his father was a famous prime minister back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, he's, he's riding his daddy's coattails there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, and he was a good-looking guy. So all the women I talked to up there when I visited last time, they're like, Oh, yeah, we love Justin. I said, why? Oh, he's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no one's ever said that about Biden, I don't think. He might have been cute in his day. I don't know. I I don't remember him from way back I don't know. I've seen somebody uh, film from the 80s. He lost hair quickly. He lost hair very early in his life. Oh, did he? Yeah, in his 30s, I think. He was losing a lot of hair even then. Oh, my God. And, you know, on top of it, this uh, this uh, COVID thing in China is getting out of control. They're having protests in Shanghai and Beijing. They, it started, I guess, out in Xinjiang province, you know, the northwest province where they're locking up all the, all the Uyghur Muslims and making them supposedly, I don't know if it's true or not, but we'll go along with it, uh, turning them into slaves. Uh, and uh, the Chinese government does not like and does not tolerate any, any terrorism. And I mean, if there's even a threat of terrorism, you're gone, baby. You're out in the Northwest. I told you I was there, and every train station, every bus stop, I mean, everywhere you go, there's there's anti-terrorist guards, and they're putting you through metal detest- detectors and frisking you and everything else, so it's, it's a big deal for them. But at any rate, so uh, apparently there was a factory that caught on fire in the Xinjiang province, and I guess there were several people killed, and it was tied to the shutdowns, and, and they're blocking people in their apartment buildings and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, people are mad now. So they're, now they're protesting not only in the in the Northwest, uh, which would be like our Washington and Oregon area, which are populated with, we're not sure, we're still trying to figure <laughs> out who they all moved up there and took over. But <laughs> What's the problem over there in China? Are they just not tolerating anything at all did they think they're are the vaccine bad i mean what's the problem over there well there's there's a couple of things number one the vaccine they developed was a was an inactivated uh uh covid va- covid virus vaccine and it wasn't very effective and so they really didn't have the uh, ability to mass produce the uh rna vaccines like we did like moderna and pfizer did which were really pretty highly effective. You know, there's always a criticism from people in the press that there's side effects and all that, but they're, I mean, they were so minimal. 
that it's hardly worth even talking about. I saw the latest was that uh, the majority of people who recently died from COVID were people who were vaccinated. What does I mean? You know what? Are, what are you talking about? You got 75, 80 percent of the population vaccinated. What do you think the majority are going to be from? It, it's not a perfect uh, uh, vaccination. It's not going to completely prevent you from catching COVID. But what it has been shown over and over to do is decrease mortality, deaths and decrease hospitalizations. And that's the whole point of it. Any rate, so their vaccine wasn't very good. And then they had this zero COVID uh, policy that President Xi in- implemented, which meant that if there was one case in you know 500 square miles, the whole area got shut down. Well, guess what? You shut down the whole area and you have police and, and, and uh, military blocking you from leaving your building and you got to go shopping and get food. You got a problem. But uh, I heard from one person who was over there. I think they were married to a Chinese woman said that you could get a special pass in, in Beijing and only one person could be out and they'd stop you and they'd, they'd ask to see your ID and all that. And the police would. And if there were more than one person from that building or that apartment or whatever the rules were, they locked your ass up and gave you a fine. So they had the zero tolerance. And so I guess there have been some outbreaks in Shanghai and Beijing. And so they're trying to lock everybody up again. And the people are saying, what are you doing? And first of all, it, it's not going to kill us. I mean, the majority of us are going to survive it. And secondly, we need to work. We need to eat. We need to get out. And so they're holding up blank pieces of paper, which represent uh, their, their notion of censorship that they're not allowed to say or do or write anything without the government coming and giving them a kick in the butt. So very, it, very tough place to live. <laughs> oh, and it's uh, in a lot of ways, it's really a nice place to live, but in a lot of ways, it's a tough place to live. It would be difficult for, for you and me to go there and adapt because of the way the restrictions are. But there's still, at least before the COVID, there was still a lot of ability to travel anywhere in the country. It was fairly open. Now, getting a job, that's a whole nother story. You know, you have to go through a lot of red tape and uh, you get a job where you get a job. So if you're living in in the southeast and there's a job 2000 miles away in the northwest and you're a kid right out of college, they say, that's it. Take it or leave it. And you got to go. You know, it's it's very militaristic, but it's not just China. Uh, the the a lot of the oriental cultures are that way i would think china they'll be worried about their economy they're they're, they're slowing down production of apple plants and all kinds of very important oh, yeah. places oh yeah and you know i'm sure elon musk has been talking to them and saying look guys you, you got you got my tesla plants over there and we need to get those things cranked up people all over the world need my goods because i need my stocks to go up and my <laughs> wife does too and I think she secretly wants to have his baby, but it's a little late in life for the poor old girl. <laughs> any rate, um, I'd have his baby, but I don't think I have the right equipment. No, 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 no. We covered that a couple of shows ago. Yes, we did. And so here's the thing, Ken. If you stop the Chinese economy, you're going to slow down the whole world. And and that's what they're doing. And and the, the people that are most effective affected by it, of course, are going to be the Chinese because they got to eat. They got to have heating oil and coal and they got to have cars and they got to uh, get to the doctor and all the things that we do, they got to do too. 
maybe not at our level of sophistication, but, you know, you go to Beijing and the cars are smaller, but I mean, there's a gazillion of them. Uh, you go to Xi'an and there's every kind of, uh, of uh, amenity that you could want there, maybe not in the, uh, in the plethora that we have here or in the sophistication, but, you know, there was a mall right across the street from our hotel. And I mean, it was like going to the international mall here. It was a nice mall. They had everything from uh, upscale shops to ice cream stores. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's a quite a different country than what you and I grew up seeing. I'll tell you one thing they don't have. What's that? I guarantee you they don't have. I bet it's a question. It's a Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mug. They don't have that. Well, they shh, don't tell anybody, but they were made there, so they probably. <laughs> <laughs> Before Trump in, implemented his, uh, his, uh, you know, his uh, uh, tariff on them, mm-hmm. I ordered a whole bunch of stuff from China. <laughs> Got it really cheap. I don't know if I can do that now. Well, then they, anyway, maybe they are using a couple over there then somewhere. There might be a few floating around. We've so. got two, though, for the folks listening right now, Doc. And we got a question? We do. All right. Here's the phone number you're going to need, 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. First person with the correct answer today is trivia question will win two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. Today's question. And question always deals with something we've been talking about. In the first half of the show, and today's question has uh, to do with a device at Doc's house that had him awake at 4 o'clock in the morning. I think that's correct. Is that the right time? That sounds about right to All me. All right. About 4 o'clock in the morning, Doc was doing some work on, a, on a, an instrument in his house. Tell me what that instrument is. And we'll be right back. And it's 877-969-8600, 877 877- Nine six nine eighty six hundred. So call now. First caller wins. All right, Ken. We'll be right back. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The Biden administration is easing some oil sanctions on Venezuela in an effort to support newly started negotiations between the government there and its opposition. The Treasury Department will allow Chevron to resume limited energy production in Venezuela after years of sanctions that have dramatically curtailed oil and gas profits that flowed to President Nicolas Maduro's government. Earlier this year, the Treasury Department allowed the California-based Chevron and other U.S. companies to perform basic upkeep of wells in that country. Macau has tentatively renewed the casino licenses of MGM Resorts, Las Vegas Sands, Wynn Resorts, and three Chinese rivals after they promised to help diversify the economy by investing in some non-gambling attractions. The announcement, good news for owners who've invested billions of dollars to build the Chinese administrative zone near Hong Kong. This is SRN News. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com, 93.7 FM, W229DJ by downloading the Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multi 
multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi. 727-577-2220. 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. It'll be warm and humid with more clouds and sun. There'll be a thunderstorm in spots late in the afternoon. The high will be 82. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a low 65. Tomorrow, partly sunny and less humid with a high 81. Tomorrow night, clear skies and a low 62. Then on Tuesday, mostly sunny and warm with a high 85. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Garrett Beck. For AM860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. Got Ken with me, and we're doing a radio show. By the way, Ken, uh, the uh, slowdown in the economy in, in China has affected oil prices. Did you know that? Well, they're not using as much, right? Yeah. That's right. So the prices fell this week. Uh, they settled down a dollar seventy-one or 2%. Uh, to trade at 83.63 a barrel. I think that was on the Brent crude futures. And then I think the U.S. West Texas Intermediate fell $1.66. Uh, of course, it's more valuable uh, in a lot of ways than uh, than some of the other oils in the world. But at any rate, it, it's driving the price of oil down because, as I said, there's a gazillion cars in, in uh, Beijing and in any of the big cities. You know, Shanghai is the biggest city in, in uh, China, and um, there's cars everywhere. There's cars everywhere in Xi'an. I mean, the traffic is pretty bad at rush hour, so uh, they are not using as much oil. So the oil prices are falling. But here's the thing. There's not as much production of oil. And meanwhile, our crazy uh, democratic regime has okayed for Chevron to start production back up in Venezuela. Did you hear that of oil? Yeah, look, I heard as we alluded to that just a little while ago. Yeah, you're right. They're they're yeah, they're shaking hands with the Venezuelans again. So. What are these people thinking? I mean, this is dirtier oil, and but their idea is, well, let them pollute their area and not ours. I guess. What do you think? The wind doesn't blow. <laughs> <laughs> 
who 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 are these people? Where how'd they get in power? Who who gave them the the, the scepter? Oh my <laughs> God! I don't know, but I, I guess the um, what is it? Uh, OPEC is uh, OPEC Plus. I guess is thinking about increasing their production output now by five hundred thousand barrels a day or something like that. Well, good. Maybe that'll help us out some. But well, that's, that's going to help the price certainly. It, well, it's going to help the Saudis too, and OPEC, and all the what Iran and and uh, Venezuela, and who else is in that little cartel? All the Arab countries in the Gulf, there, they're all in on that. It, Russia's in there, isn't he? OPEC Plus, I think they're in there. I think they are. Yeah. So we'll be helping. Uh, we'll be helping some of our enemies. That's that's a strange world, Doc. <laughs> it is weird, you know, and. Uh, it's hard to believe that the Russians are still selling natural gas to the Europeans and the Europeans are supplying arms and uh, training and weaponry to, to, to the Ukrainians who are fighting the Russians. It's a nutty world. That's right. It's where money is king there. Yeah. And there are circles everywhere. Yeah. They're, they're interlocking. What we don't but, have today, doc is a winner. We got a winner? We know we don't have a winner. Nobody had the correct answer this morning. Oh, my God. There was folks going around it. They, he had trouble with his pipes. He had trouble with a water heater or something. <laughs> but they never came up with the device I was looking for, and that was the toilet. Oh, my Doc God. Doc had a leaky toilet they had to deal with at 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, that'll save me $10.50 in mailing this week. <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> so no mailing mugs today. Next week we'll get you, though. So Can I got to tell you, the mugs cost less than it costs to mail them. I believe that. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I got such a good deal on those. They're beautiful. Think, they really are great. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen again, though. <laughs> Meanwhile, so yesterday, of course, I went to the hospital and made rounds and went to the office and did some work, and then I had to purchase a few things. So I stopped by Home Depot and Harbor Freight and Ace Hardware. And I even went up to Salvation Army, and I thought it would be crowded to the max. I mean, there's hardly any, relatively speaking, there was hardly anybody there. It was the usual Saturday crowds at all these places, and or Friday, Saturday crowds. And uh, this was uh, the Black Friday weekend. Where the heck is everybody? I don't know, but I was getting same reports from uh, Illinois. I was talking to some folks up there. They went out for, you know, Black Friday shopping, and they found themselves with plenty of room and plenty of items to grab. Yeah, and uh, I'm not quite sure what this all portends, but it certainly is, uh, uh, in my opinion, is is going to affect the economy negatively, and it might hasten uh, a recession or a deeper recession. Are they shopping online, you think? Is everybody just now just giving up on the stores and shop, shopping online? You know, I don't know, but I can tell you that the deliveries from uh, from Amazon, because I do purchase a lot of things from Amazon, have not slowed down. So you tell me, uh, what does that portend? And I mean, the Internet's as fast as it usually is. And at other times in, in the past when there was a lot of online shopping, the Internet was a little just, a, you know, just almost imperceptibly slower because there was so much traffic. But. I don't know. We'll have to take a look at that and see. Yeah, because uh, it's so easy. I I can understand why people would do it. But I know my wife and the, the girls, they used to love that going out the day after Thanksgiving, do some Christmas shopping. Yeah, it's so maybe uh, tradition is over. It's a little it's a little scary. You know, it's a little scary. 
we yeah, hope. If, the, if these places start closing, there are a lot of people out of work. So, Yeah, and uh, the repercussions are that a lot of these businesses, they make most of their money, the retail businesses, during the uh, holiday season, the time from from uh, Black Friday after Thanksgiving to Christmas, Christmas Eve. So, And that's a, a lot of uh, part-time jobs. That's a lot of production of goods. The toy manufacturers, I know they're scared. I've seen some reports coming out of their their uh, economic sector, and they're worried. So, well, how can toys compete with a you know a cell phone? <laughs> you well, know what I mean? It, it's just not as entertaining. Well, I mean, even even the uh, even three year olds have a cell phone now, and they know how to use it. I know that's scary. Like maybe not, maybe they should, because Lord knows what they're gonna have to put up with, and they get you know at our age, as far as technology, they they better have a good handle on it. So there's a country in in, uh, sub-Saharan Africa, West Africa, on the Atlantic coast, and it's called the Ivory Coast. In French, it's Côte d'Ivoire, Côte d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast. And uh, this this section, this portion of the the African continent uh, was actually colonialized by the French, so there are several... um, French-speaking colonies, or not colonies, or countries now, like Ivory Coast and Burkina Faso, and uh, and you know North Africa speaks a lot of the of the, of the countries. Their official language is French, like uh, Tunisia and Libya and uh, Morocco. Did you know that? I did not know that. No. Yeah, that's their official language. So that's the language of the government. So when you go to Paris, you'll see uh, North Africans who are there. And they speak Arabic and they speak French. And uh, at any rate, so Ivory Coast had borrowed, has borrowed money from China. And uh, they're putting in a super duper container cargo port. And they're going to be the biggest port in that part of, of uh, Africa, which is just a few countries away from Nigeria, which, as you know, is one of the more prosperous countries in sub-Saharan Africa. And that's an English-speaking country, and we have a lot of Nigerians that come to the United States. I guess we have some special status uh, for the Nigerians to come here, kind of like the Koreans did for a while. But uh, so it's fascinating that the the Chinese have loaned them, uh, you know, $10 billion or $20 billion, which doesn't seem like a lot of money to us, but I'm sure for the Ivory Coast, that's a big chunk of change. And that should help out the economy in the sub-Saharan area there. Uh, you got Liberia, which is the country that we started, um, I think it was under Madison or Monroe. They said uh, slavery was a bad thing and let's go ahead. But But they felt that at that time that there would never be an integration between blacks and whites. So they offered a lot of blacks the opportunity to go back to Africa and, and have their own country. And, and now Liberia uh, is there. And the capital is named after who? I have no idea. I didn't know any of this story, Doc. Tell you the truth. Monroe. Oh, okay. So their capital is Monrovia. It's a very poor country and very disorganized uh, because we had a laissez-faire attitude towards it. You know, like, let's let them do their own thing. Well, that hasn't worked out too well. But right there, they're next to Ivory Coast and Sierra Leone and uh, these other countries that are in sub-Saharan Africa that have struggled for 
centuries. And, and now this new port is going to open up the economy, especially for the landlocked countries like Burkina Faso and Mali and, and a few other uh, countries in that area that will give them an opportunity to have goods trucked in that they would never have had trucked in before. So uh, it's going to stimulate their economies. But guess who's going to get the credit? China. China. China's going to get the credit. And what, and what else have they? What else are they going to be looking for from you? They don't just drop ten billion dollars in a place. No, they're going to want to pull up and uh, you know get some get some uh, fuel oil for their ships, and uh, you know maybe they'll get a little nuclear material while they're there and yes. add some lithium and <laughs> pick up some diamonds and whatever else you got. Yeah, yeah. Well, well diamonds are good. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can sell them to the Indians, and they'll make jewelry out of them and sell it back to us. <laughs> There's that circle again, Ken. I know. It's your worldwide economy. It's your worldwide <laughs> circular economy. It, it, uh, I just don't get it. I do not understand. Why don't we just do it ourselves? What's the big deal? I here? think we were better off when we were doing it ourselves. But yeah, again, it so. was, again, it's all money, Doc. It's all money. I know. Oh, by the way, officially now, we do have 220 Republicans in the House. So that I think a few days ago that actually became a reality. Has every race been called now? Is, is it all over? I think there's uh, well the the, uh, uh, the racing for the Senate in Georgia has not been called yet. I think Saturday is. The well, day we got the runoff on Saturday. Yeah. 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 And uh, and then I think there's maybe one or two house races that have not been completed because if you if you had two twelve and and two twenty you get uh, four thirty two from my math. And so there's three more seats that are still um, in question. But control of the House is no longer in question, neither the Senate. So looks like we've got that. And Lisa Murkowski won up in Alaska. So the Senate is obviously going to be uh, in the in the Democrats pocket. And uh, that so is going to that's going to hurt Herschel, I think, because you're not you're not competing for control of the Senate anymore with this race. So no, I'm not but, sure how, how you know motivated folks are going to be coming out. Yeah, it's it's going to hurt the motivational aspect of it, and and that of course is is always of concern because we want to get people out to to turn out and and vote. And the problem is is that uh, Republicans generally after an election is over, they think it's been phonied and they don't want to participate, so they get mad and they go home, take their ball and their stick, and they they head home. And that's not good. And uh, there's a, I don't know if you're getting a lot of emails, but I'm getting from every single big name Republican politician, support Herschel Walker, support Herschel Walker. And I, you know, as I told you, I sent him a little money, uh, but they want me to come up there and do poll work. Poll work? <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not the kind of poll work you're thinking of with the brass, but the kind of poll work where you go door to door and get people to vote. All right. Well, you got to have a job to send the money. So, uh, it's it's. Uh, I don't think you're going anywhere, Doc. No, I ain't leaving. Hell, I'll go up there. I'll get shot. <laughs> Doctor Bill, bam. <laughs> That'll be the end of Doctor Bill. No, Doc. No, 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 no. Well, your idea was good. I'll put on a pith helmet and dark glasses, and nobody <laughs> and no one will recognize you. <laughs> That's right. They'll they'll say who. Huh? <laughs> we don't know that guy <laughs> at any rate. So uh, I was going to talk a little bit about uh, diabetes and how the sugar 
in our body is regulated by the hormones and all that. Do we have time for that? We have eight minutes. You can talk about whatever you want. Okay, good. We already talked about weapons in Eastern Europe. We already talked about the bankers. And uh, we already talked about all these protests. So we're getting through everything. And the Fed's divided. They're not sure whether to raise interest rates or lower them because they don't know which way the economy's going. So we got a mess there. The Ivory Coast is doing well. And uh, so now we're back down to sugar, which is a good thing. Not too much of it, though. Well, not too much of it, because if you eat too much of anything, guess what? It gets stored as fats. And uh, the insulin, glucagon, the two hormones that balance each other, uh, one will decrease the amount of blood sugar in your system and push it into your cells to be used for for fuel, and the other one, glucagon, will increase the release of sugar from your liver and your kidneys and your fat cells. So what happens is that when you uh, are not eating and your body thinks it's starving, it starts breaking down fatty acids and, and fats and even some proteins in your body, certain proteins, and it starts making sugar. And that's called gluconeogenesis, new, new, new sugar, new glucose. And this is affected by these hormones, uh, most directly by uh, insulin and glucagon. And now we have medication that will actually block the glucagon, so that will decrease the release of, of uh, insulin from your your fats and your liver and everywhere else. So we have all kinds of new drugs out that really work well. And, you know, you hear all this stuff on TV, all these ads for for growth hormone and all that, and you know these pills you can get over the counter or at the nutrition store, which is of course a lot of baloney, but people buy that. But actually, growth hormone does uh, decrease the glucose in your bloodstream, and it does increase the production of both sugar and of storage of of sugar. Why? Because you need the sugar for the growth hormone to work. And so the growth hormone helps get the sugar into the cells, particularly the, the fat cells and the, uh, the muscle cells. So the growth hormone is what makes us put on muscle along with our steroid hormones like, like uh, testosterone and estrogen. And so the growth hormone is a big deal and it makes your, your bones grow and it makes kids get taller and it keeps our muscle mass up. And that, along with insulin and glucagon, these are hormones that help regulate our blood sugar, Ken. And how does the, how do you develop diabetes from all this? What, what goes wrong? There's two types of diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is, uh, we think it's an infectious or an autoimmune process. It's mostly in kids. And that's when all the uh, beta cells, which are the cells in the pancreas that produce uh, insulin, they're killed. So then you don't have a functional uh, pancreas that can make insulin. The pancreas makes other hormones as well, and it also makes digestive enzymes, but uh, the insulin is the big deal. So those people must have insulin. And one of the great stories in, in uh, medical pharmacology and medical research was the discovery that insulin uh, was the cause of diabetes back in the 1920s. And when they started experimenting with it and it worked, it was it was a worldwide phenomena. So that's type one. And you can't take any pills uh, that we know of yet that will help with type one. It's insulin, insulin, insulin. 
So those are the, those are the shots on a daily basis, then. That, yeah, or you can get now you can get the uh, little subcutaneous thing put in, and you can have continuous insulin or glucose pump, insulin pump, and uh, what it does is it's got a little computer in it, and it's constantly sensing what your blood sugar is, you know, like every minute or five minutes or however it's set up. And then if it's up, it'll shoot a little bit of insulin in. And if it's down, it won't. So it's a pretty neat little mechanism. And you you just got a little, like a little, uh, you remember the old time uh, pagers, beepers that we had sure. on our back? Yeah. Yeah, about that size, you know, maybe three, four inches, two inches. They're, they're getting smaller and smaller. And you got this little thing under your skin and you go in and ch- get it changed out every so often. And uh, the uh, doctor can fill it up with the insulin and he can play with the little electronic codes in there and increase or decrease the amount of insulin you're getting. So that's that's type one diabetes. You must have insulin either through shots or through uh, the subcutaneous insulin pump. Now, type two diabetes is a completely different disease. This is where the uh, this is inherited, and it's uh, aggravated by uh, by lack of exercise and obesity, and that's where the the insulin that's produced becomes uh, less sensitive. The cells can't get it in, so the insulin doesn't lock onto the cell wall and get the sugar in like it should. And uh, we think that's because there's a genetically uh, predetermined death of the or lack of the uh, receptor sites on the cells, on your muscle cells and other cells that will allow the insulin to get the sugar in. So you got to think of insulin like you would think of a carburetor in a car. That's what gets the gas into the engine. The gas is sugar. So uh, the, the pills help that? Yes, the pills help that. We have pills that will make your cells more sensitive to the effects of insulin. We have pills that will stimulate your pancreas to release more insulin. We have pills that will block the countering effects of glucagon, which uh, pushes up the release of sugar uh, in the uh, from the liver and the kidneys and the fat cells. And uh, so we have different things that we can do. And now we also have the the sugar glucose transport inhibitor uh, blockers type two, which work in the kidneys, and that makes you pee out more sugar as well as salt. So that lowers your sugar, actually makes you lose weight. It, it lowers your blood pressure, decreases the blood pressure in your kidneys, and it's it's uh, it's a real boon for people with heart failure or, or vascular disease or heart problems. Uh, it's it's a great drug, and we also have the uh, incretins, which block the glucagon. And uh, we have things that directly stimulate the the uh, the cells in the pancreas that make insulin. So we can do a number of things. And uh, with most people, if they live long enough with type 2 diabetes, guess what? All the cells in their pancreas quit working. Then they have to have some insulin. But uh, we're doing a much better job with our new drugs and medications. It's just a, it's a whole new world, Ken. Whole new world. Well, Fast. I'm glad you're on top of it because... You'll keep me alive. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. Well, unless my ratings fall. Then <laughs> <laughs> you're toast, uh, dude. <laughs> Cap- Captain, Captain just handed me a note. Uh, Captain, uh, uh, we got the latest here on a, on the Congress, and it's 221 now for Republicans and 213 for Democrats. Well, I hope the captain's right, but sometimes he's, his prescience is more optimism. Than he says there's one yet to be decided, according to the captain. You remember he said last week or the week before that we had 220, and you and I are on the web looking, 
Who? It was on nineteen. <laughs> I'll trust him on this one. We we'll, we'll trust him. We love the captain. He's a just a handsome man and and uh, a wonderful guy and a great radio show guy. And you got thirty seconds left, Doc. You want to promote the business? Let's promote the business. I'm Dr. Bill. We've got a wonderful practice, Bay Area Medical Cam Care Clinic for physician, for uh, Canadians and visitors. And uh, we're at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Come on in and see us. We're in St. Pete. Or if you're remote, we can do a telemedicine visit. And we accept all kinds of insurance, self-pay, travel insurance. We're wonderful, Ken. Say bye, Doc. Say bye, Doc. <laughs> see you next week. Have fun, buddy. I love you. Love Thank everybody. You for to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.